This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. In this episode, we start with a dose of constructive criticism in Clark Stinks. And later, something else that absolutely stinks. And that is the amount of our personal data that's floating all around the web. Is there anything we can do about it? We're going to talk about that. So Clark Stinks, Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. Krista's here with me to read the Clark Stinks that you have chosen today. And the purpose of this is so that it's never a thing where you only hear my opinion, only hear my advice. And Clark Stinks is where you give me feedback where you feel I failed to do a good job serving you. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. First Clark Stinks today is from Basil in Florida. I'm a big Clark Howard fan. This is the first time I 100% disagree with him. He is so wrong about sunscreen. I wish I could attach an excerpt from an article showing how harmful these sunscreens are for people and for the environment. Many of them, the majority, have chemicals that are carcinogenic, harmful to humans and sea life. Some places in the world have actually banned them to protect their reefs and dive areas that are being killed by these sunscreens. I can send you the details if I can. Thank you, Clark, and all the team for everything else, Basil. And that was an article written on Clark.com based on similar reports ratings. Oh, well, you just answered the Clark stinks for me. Okay, but you don't so, worry about So, Basil, I don't profess to have an expertise on the best sunscreen. What I like about what Consumer Reports has done, and we talked about another one that was done, I think, by Wirecutter, mm-hmm. is that they're testing the um, effectiveness of the sunscreens. And the information that they do in their research did not cover the areas you're talking about, which is the possible health harm to an individual. And we know the stuff about the reefs. Now, there are a number of sunscreens now that claim to not use any of the ingredients that will harm the world's reefs. And if this is an area that is important to you, then those are now uh, pretty widely available in the marketplace. And they're not necessarily all expensive anymore. By filling name brand containers with generic products, we are missing an opportunity to teach our children an important lesson. I do taste tests with my kids, regularly buying the store brand and the name brand of an item and letting them decide. They agree that the store brand is better or equal most of the time. By doing this, they get to appreciate competition in the market and develop habits that will save them money down the road while I suffer spending a little extra on the name brand. Keep up the great work, Brian. So, Brian, yours is another post about what I said about with my kids when they were young is that I would 
put generic cereal, store brand cereal in the box of the brand name that my kids were so conditioned to from watching kids shows on television. And there have been a number of people who, for various reasons, felt that what I did was not okay by switching out, taking the bag of the generic and putting it in the box of the brand name. So I appreciate all your posts on that. Clark, you don't stink. Who stinks are the people who criticize you for saying that a purchase doesn't fit into your budget. They think that just because they believe you have such abundant wealth that a budget shouldn't really matter to you. How do people think Clark got to where he is today? He's probably been on a budget since he was eight and saving since he was five. Leave Clark alone and stop criticizing other people for the financial choices they're making. Your financial independence starts with you, Andrew. Andrew, thank you for that. But I I also really value people who point out hypocrisy in me that there are times that I'll say, oh, I won't spend for that. And then I do something else. I mean, we all have our blind spots. So I do value the feedback I get where you point out where I'm like saying one thing and really confusing you by doing something else. You nearly made me choke the other day when you talked about prospective employees ghosting their future employers. You suggested that if a person accepts a job offer and then finds a better offer, they should inform the first company as a matter of courtesy. Wait a second. That seems to condone it that it's perfectly okay to keep looking for a better deal after you've already accepted a job. I know you make a living helping people get better deals, but this is nuts and one of the things wrong with our society. What if an employer gave you a job offer and then a few days before you start work, they call you and say, sorry, but we found a candidate that was better than you, so we're rescinding your offer, but we are giving you the courtesy of letting you know. If that happened to you, you'd devote an entire podcast to the unethical employer, John. John, thank you. Okay, so... It also costs an employer a lot of money to train a new employee. And if somebody doesn't have their heart and working for you, they accepted a job from you, they find this other one that's better. I'm talking about the common decency is to let them know. I mean, when an employer hires 10 different people and only one of the 10 actually shows up for work on the first day, how in the world do you run your business? And so the mentality today is people do keep looking for something, even when they've already said, yeah, I'm going to work here. And then, oh, there's this over here. The thing is, at least be courteous. So I respectfully disagree with you on the situation because it's the reality on the ground. People are accepting a job until they start that job. They're still looking to see if something else is out there or they just happen into something that's better. And at least let the employer know instead of expecting you to show up and you don't show up. That was terrible advice to the guy who wasn't allowed to vote in his credit union. You told him to run for the board. If they won't let their members vote, how could he win such an election? Why should he have to go to the trouble to join the board? Something is wrong there, and you should have provided him with the name of the agency to complain to, Steve. So, Steve, I, you know, I, I thought about that as well because I've been a member of a number of credit unions over the years, and right now I'm a member of two, and I'm not aware of any of them that don't let their members vote. I can't figure out what's going on in the situation of the credit union we were getting the question about 
and I wasn't being flip about it, is to who you'd complain to. So there's two organizations. There's one, CUNA, which is the Credit Union National Association, and then the other, the NCUA. And so one of them is like the Trade Association for Credit Unions, the lobbying arm, and the other is the federal equivalent of FDIC. I'm not aware of who would take a complaint like that because I'm not sure either would look at that as their role. But I'm going to actually check and see if there is an outlet to complain. This is somewhat similar to what happens with electric co-ops, that often there is no oversight body over electric co-ops or anybody who does anything. If an electric co-op has basically been kidnapped by insiders, by its board, and people end up having to file lawsuits against a co-op that's misbehaving. I hope that's not what you have to do about a credit union that's not living up to what it should be doing. I teach media management and ad sales at the university level in Florida. I beg you to stop with the TV-style hyperbole, massive ripoffs, greedily lining their pockets, disgusting ripoffs. I am just here to remind you to never, 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 not ever challenge your own credibility by making everything a news promo. Us longtime listeners want information, not scare tactics. Tom. Tom, thank you for that. Okay, so let's go back first to never, 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 not ever. Okay, so that was something I was actually taught early in broadcasting is that Uh, particularly when people are listening while they're doing something else, that if you're going to really draw their attention and make something, something they really need to think about and hear, that you do something like really strong, like never, 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 not ever do blah, blah. And so in terms of our promos being overly hyped, it's funny because my TV work, I've always been told, that I don't do enough of that. So I'm, I'm sorry if you feel that we're hyping too much. Many times when listening to Clark, his suggestions help me to save money or keep more of what I make. However, Clark continues to miss the mark when discussing lowering your cell phone bill. Each time I look at companies that Clark talks about, I find that some or all of my family's phones are not compatible based on their IMEI code. When one does a full return of investment on changing phones, The return is in years. Please add this important step in saving money, Tim. Tim, you know, that is a wonderful thing you're pointing out because it is true that when you switch from one cell phone provider to another, your phone may become a refugee at that point. It may be something that no longer will work for you with who you're going to, and that is then a cost that has to be calculated into the mix. A number of the companies that we talk about offer heavily subsidized phones to make it easier for you to switch. I would question Clark's blanket recommendation for regular tire rotations every 6,000 miles. They are only cost effective if they can be done very inexpensively or for free. Assume that an average price of four new tires was $800 and the average lifespan was $60,000. If one spent $50 for tire rotations, so $500 for 60,000 miles, they could skip the rotations and get new tires every 37,000 miles for the same price and be driving on a better tire tread the whole time. 
If rotations were $25, they could skip them and get new tires every 47,000 miles for the same price. Many dealerships charge far more than the $50, which is a ripoff that we have learned to accept as required maintenance. Jim. Jim, fascinating. I've never heard the math argument that you just allow two of the tires to prematurely wear, because that's usually what we're talking about here. And you'd be replacing tires in a different cycle because the labor cost of having rotation done. And I got to really think that one through because no one has ever made that suggestion ever. Clark has the heart of a teacher with the vast store of knowledge that he clearly has a passion to share. Recently, someone wanted to know if they had any options after being bumped off a flight due to weather issues. They had to spend the night waiting for the next flight. I love learning about all the historical and political issues involved, but was left having to infer that the customer had no recourse available to them. If a small child asked Clark, where does money come from? He would be great (laughs) at explaining the history of the Federal Reserve and how the U.S. Mint works. But he might forget to add, I go to work five days a week and my boss gives me money twice a month for my labor. Perhaps Krista should help him remember to address the questions directly in addition to educating his audience. Chris. Chris. Guilty as charged, no doubt, that I get flaky and I get off on a tangent and I do from time to time forget to answer the basic question I was asked. And the answer to this is really simple. Airlines have the ability in their contract of carriage, the all the legalese, to pretty much rip you off every possible way when they have any issue You're the one left with the burden because we have no consumer protection statutes at all involving failure to deliver services for the airline industry. And it is a gaping hole in consumer protection and regulation. I follow most of your advice, but feel you're off on your Medicare advice to stay away from Advantage plans. And there were so many... Oh, I'm sure. I I mean, we talked about it when this came up, that people would be very upset with me bashing Medicare Advantage. There are many of us seniors who are struggling with increased rents, high gas prices, grocery bills, and the increased Medicare premium coming out of our Social Security checks. We simply can't pay for the additional two to four hundred dollar amount the gap plans for the gap plans. We can barely put a roof over our senior heads. These Advantage plans are the best we can do, and we are thankful for them. Laura. Laura. Thank you for that. And this fits in with all the other posts people have had who are very upset with me for bashing Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage is upfront and with premiums more affordable than traditional Medicare with all the other things you have to pay, getting the Medigap and all that. The reality is it is almost always inferior when you need care to traditional Medicare. But then you bring up such a valid point that if you cannot afford having the additional expense per year, let's say, let's just call it $5,000 a year, just to use a, a round number most often quoted, then in premiums, an Advantage plan will save you $5,000 versus being in traditional Medicare. You are getting less by not having to pay that 5000 and it only becomes an issue if you have a condition that the Advantage plan you're with provides you inferior care or refuses to provide care at all. 
So this is a circumstance where people do have to make choices that are difficult to make. And Advantage plans are obviously a baseline level of care. But if you need more, Advantage plans are going to leave you wanting. And you're then faced with a position being denied the best care out there or care at all or having to pay out of pocket. That's why I don't like the things. Up next, something else I don't like, how our personal information is just all over the place. What can you do about it? There are some things now you can do. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Recently on the podcast, I talked about Google having the ability now for you to block a lot of the information that they have on you. And if you miss that, you can see how to do that at Clark.com. And that led to another question. Somebody asked me, what about this LexisNexis thing? And something I almost never talk about is all the database that LexisNexis has. LexisNexis is what's known as an aggregator, essentially. They have so much stuff on you. They know stuff about whether your home has ever been responsible for a claim, what's going on with uh, any claims you've done with your autos over the years. They know about anything that's happened with you or think they know about so many facets of your life. And it's lurking there almost secretively where consumers don't even know it's there. And so I love for you, if you really, really value your privacy to figure out what LexisNexis has on you. And they have been an acquirer of a lot of different databases that I've talked about over the years that now are all part of the LexisNexis system. So they are tracking you in ways really different and in some ways more invasive than what Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian are doing. So the reason you really want to check out what LexisNexis has on you is because if there's stuff there that's not true, just like with Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, what they have on you can be harmful to you. With LexisNexis, what they have on you can be harmful as well. So this is different than the Google thing I talked about, because that was about you suppressing information that's about you personally 
that you don't like being out there, that you don't want other people to see. This is more seeing what industry has on you that may or not be correct, that you can challenge the information that's there, and also you know what's there. So if you go to the LexisNexis website, LexisNexis.com, you then want to go to the consumer section. And they don't, they're not really consumer friendly there. So you've got to actually be patient and do some hunting around. And then you can request reports for free on various things that LexisNexis is building dossiers on you. And you want to know what they got and what's valid, what's not valid. And remember, when you see something that is not correct, you need to challenge it. Now, I became familiar with this years ago when there was a supposed court judgment against me. There was a phantom that actually did not exist, but it was listed against me. And I had to go through a process to get that removed. And this is one of those cases where what you don't know can hurt you. All right. So you can really go down a deep rabbit hole with all this because there's so many organizations that build profiles and databases on us that the real solution is a legislative one. We need, as several states have started implementing, but we need a national statute that gives you control over the information that's collected about you and that is available out in the marketplace. It is your and my information that these organizations are building these deep dive dossiers and you and I should have control of this. Right now, we don't seem to have the ears of members of the U.S. House and U.S. Senate. They don't seem to care about these invasions of our privacy. I believe when it's really going to change is when somebody shows a member of the U.S. Senate or the House what kind of stuff is out there on them about their personal financial stuff that would freak them out. Krista? Well, this is kind of related to everything you just talked about. John in North Carolina says, I want to share a PSA about a very useful perk that is being offered by Discover Credit Card and Discover Bank that every customer should know about is called Online Privacy Protection, which is a service that Discover offers as an easy automated way to opt out of 10 main people search websites that sell personal information legally. Discover will scan every 90 days for your information on these sites and help remove that information. It's completely free, takes less than 10 seconds to activate, but you do need the mobile app to do so. You can unenroll with a single click from within the app at any time. I've never heard of this. Wow, John, this is fantastic. All right, we got to find who on our staff has it. Do you have a Discover card? I don't. I don't. used to. Now, one of my daughters has a Discover card. Oh, okay. I'll get Steffi to try this and see what's involved. Maybe we'll find somebody else on our staff yeah, who I mean, has Discover. Yeah, check other credit cards and see if anyone else offers this service for sure. I've really never heard anything like this. By the way, if you don't know, the reason credit card companies now give us access to our credit score and all you got to do is sign in on the app or go on the website is all because of Discover. Because Discover years ago started offering that to people as a benefit 
And other credit card companies, other banks were like, what are they doing? This is, this is information we don't want people to have. Why are they doing it? And then they realized that they were paying for the credit score on you every month anyway. Why not treat it as a benefit instead of some big fat secret? So Discover may have uh, done a pioneering thing again, and we'll check it out. And thank you for that. Thanks, John. This is from Nick in North Carolina. My email address was set up through the cable company. I would like to cut the cord. Is there any way I can move my personal and business emails to the new internet provider? I'm so glad to have found your podcast. Okay. So I know so many people who even have old AOL email addresses from forever when they had AOL dial-up. And there are a lot of people who have, uh, one of my brothers has an email address from one of the baby bells that hasn't existed in forever ago. So he still has this email address from like this company that's like a dinosaur that went extinct 15 years ago. And I've tried over the years to get my brother to migrate to a new email service. And he continues to use the one from this no longer existing phone company. So I don't know any easy way to do it other than with mail forwarding Mm -hmm. that you start using a new email address. You let people know, and you're always writing to them from that one. That's the one they're responding to. But with that legacy email address that you want to basically make irrelevant in your life, that you do mail forwarding from it to a new modern flexible email address do you have a better suggestion no i think that's smart it's a good opportunity to get rid of some people you don't want emailing you i guess but you can go through all your sent emails and all your contacts and just send them and let them know and i never ever use the email address provided to me by any internet provider cable company anything because you just never know so so this is also a time to divide out your email Mm -hmm. and have an email address for commercial purposes have an email address for personal purposes And what's interesting with personal, just like with your cell phone, do you know 80% of people's phone calls to and from are to less than 10 people? Mm. And I bet with email that's personal, it's also true that it's really easy to migrate personal email pretty quickly to the small number of people who account for most of the email you get. And this is from Bruce in Texas. Hi, Clark. How do we create a will? We have a 10-year-old child and would like to have a will, as you always suggest. What kind of will should it be? And can an online will be the way to go? So I'm not a lawyer, so I'm going to give you just general guidance on this. If you have a very simple family situation, you're not rolling in a lot of money. There's no blended family here, anything like this. You don't own your own business. You can try Willmaker, which is considered to be the granddaddy, the best software that anybody's ever come up with to do your own will. If you have any complications in your life or you're using something like Willmaker and it just, it's like, I don't get this at all, that's the point at which you hire a lawyer for help on a will. But if you have your own business, you have a complicated family situation, you've got like his kids, her kids, their kids, you got anything like that, especially got money, you go see not just any lawyer to help you with a will, you do more than that. You do estate planning with a lawyer who specializes in wills, estates, and trusts. In a simple situation, Bruce, you're just trying to protect the interests of a minor child. You don't have money just rolling in from everywhere. You don't own your own business. Then you're certainly fine 
doing your own will. Will Maker goes on promotional all the time at Clark Deals. We put the special codes to get discounts on it when there are special discounts on it. And it is a really, really well thought out, continually improved program. Another option is LegalZoom.com, more expensive than using Willmaker. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And if you're not familiar with the Clark Deals site I just talked about, ClarkDeals.com is our bargain site where we curate what we feel are the best deals of the day on different items and at different retailers to help you stretch every dollar. 